beautiful place to be shut in with God. It's a place to be desired and sought after and run after and do all that we can to be shut in with God. Amen. I'd like to sing, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are great and mighty, O God, and you have done mighty things in our lives, Lord. We give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He became me that I might become him by grace. Oh, he became. Thank you, Lord. You are wonderful to us, Lord. We thank you. Just uh, a couple announcements. I'm so happy to announce that our sister Abigail uh, Lardillier is being baptized tonight. And we're just so happy for that. God bless you, sister. And may God fill you with his spirit. And we believe that it is already on its way. Praise God. We have a prayer request. Brother John, could I ask you to come and pray? I'm so happy to have you here tonight and to see your smiling face. Praise the Lord. Just got a request before service from Brother Josh McKenna. He's got a prayer request uh, for a friend of his whose husband has been diagnosed with gallbladder cancer and was told to spend the last few days with his family. But they did tell the doctor that they are believing in God. So let's join together with them tonight and believe with them. For with God, all things are possible. And we'll believe for his healing and for each and every need tonight, both here and out on the internet. We just want to remember as we go to the Lord maybe we can lift up a hand wherever you are God sees the hand Amen God bless you Brother John Amen Our dear Heavenly Father we love to come into your presence worshiping you and praising you from our hearts from our lips Lord and after the busyness of today we want to honor you coming into your house and welcoming you into our homes, Lord, as there's many gathered tonight. 
more gathered outside of this building than what's in this place. So we welcome you, Lord, into every home, into every life, into every situation, just wanting you to feel pleased and let the atmosphere just where angels can come, where your spirit can come, settling in our hearts, settling our lives from the things of this world. Lord, the more we see of this world, the less it means to us. We just want to come to the Father's house and up to your presence. Even now, we bring our needs and our praises. Just remembering this prayer request that was spoken tonight. Someone just been spoken to to prepare yourself and your family. Lord, tonight we know how serious and how short life is sometimes. And Satan would come in and want to derail a life or a heart. But Lord, we pray that you would touch that person, Lord, first spiritually and naturally, Lord. Lord, there's many hands that are lifted up, even in homes. You know the outstretched need, Lord. And we bring all our needs to the altar, believing you are the prayer answering God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe, Lord, you're the answer to our need tonight as we were just answer every heart's cry. Lord, we've come to your house to feed from your from your throne, from the master's table. And we pray for brother Michael Ray tonight as he comes tonight that as the gift within his life, that you would use it as a mouthpiece and minister to every single heart, every believer stretched out Lord across the miles. And here locally, we just pray God, you would have your way tonight and may your Holy spirit get us ready for this body change for the next step, Lord, into that new body into that other home, into that place we've been praying for and yearning for and believing for. Bless the musicians and the songs tonight. It's so good to be with one another. See each other's faces, Lord, and feel that pulsation of faith. Lord, there's needs tonight unspoken. I pray you just touch limbs and hearts and lives. We give you this service. We give it to you with all of our heart and ask that you would come on this scene. We welcome you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can have your seats tonight. Thank you, Brother John. Appreciate that so much. Sister Natasha Hoyer's got a special for us, so we'll just invite her out to come and just want to welcome each and every one of you here tonight, and both here and on online on the internet, and pray God will just richly bless you and feed your souls. We've come to hear the word, amen, looking forward to what God is in store. I was glad when they said to us, let's go on to the house of the Lord, amen. God bless you, sister. Brother John's been asking me for a couple of days if I had a special And I had nothing, because I really believe in my heart that when a person gets up to sing, they should really feel it in their heart. It should be something that speaks to them and something that is a cry of their heart. And so I just can't get up and sing any song because it has to speak to me. And today I was cleaning my house and I was listening to a Southern Gospel radio station and this song came on and I was like, that's the song. (laughs) So... Brother Ben is very gracious and learned it very quickly with me before service. So you just pray for me. It's a brand new song, but it really spoke to my heart, and I pray it'll speak to yours.
So, Lord, this 
Thank you, Sister Natasha. Amen. The Lord is always pleased with worship. Amen. Our lives, our voices, our everything to just to worship Him. So let's sing this song, and maybe we can all stand together. Let the worshipers arise. We want to invite Brother Michael to come and minister unto us. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand and a woman standing on your side. Lord is so blessed with the special tonight, Lord. We will worship you. Lord, the song that came to my mind in the good times and the bad times, it doesn't matter. 
Lord, but we'll lift up our hands to a holy God and sing hallelujah. Oh, for a thousand tongues is a song writer penned down to sing your praises, Lord, tonight. Lord, I sat in my little study even just praying for the service. And Lord, I just said, Lord, you've done so much for us, Lord. You've done so much for me. Oh, the least I can do is surrender my all to you tonight, Lord. Every day, every moment, every hour that we can lay our lives down at your feet. That you can use us for your glory. Each and every one of us present and absent at their homes, Lord. Use us for your glory, Lord, we pray. Lord, anoint the hearer to hear tonight. Lord, anoint the speaker. Lord, just a little lump of flesh. A little speck of dust, Lord. But Lord, if you come on the scene... Lord, as we're told, Lord, by our pastor, your prophet said, when he comes, something good happens. So, Lord, come tonight, we pray, Lord. May we leave saying he came. And, Lord, the goodness will keep happening in our lives, Lord. Bless the service tonight, Lord. We commit it to you, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Happy to be here tonight? Good. I'm happy too. <laughs> Though I wish I was sitting. <laughs> Though I don't get to do that much either. But uh, <laughs> why don't you take your Bibles? Thank you, musicians. We're going to turn right to the Word tonight. We've got a full evening. It's wonderful, Sister Abigail. God bless you. We're just, and there's nothing more that should thrill us than. Somebody that says, I'm committing it all to him. Um, I want to be baptized. Amen. That's, that's a glorious thing. Glorious thing. And we can be a part of that tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew 25. We're going to start at verse 1. Tell me tonight. I need you to pull real hard. I'm looking at you, Dan. <laughs> Amen. Wednesday night, just food for the for the souls, a little a little home time tonight. So maybe we'll just pray that whether it's here, I greet everybody at home in your little rooms, in front of your monitors, your screens. God bless you. We're we're listening for you. We're listening for you. Amen. Let's read in the Word tonight, Matthew twenty-five. Then the kingdom, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they that were, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. Our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell, buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord. These are the foolish virgins came up and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. You may have your seats. Very known scripture. Who knows that scripture? Who's read that scripture? Everybody has read that scripture tonight, right? It's a very, something we should be all familiar with. The parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And I just want to, we'll focus on uh, verse 13 in the Amplified says, Therefore, be on the alert. Be prepared and ready. Okay? Be prepared and ready for you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Being prepared. I just want to speak on that tonight. Uh, we'll title the little uh, message tonight, Prepared for Life. And being being prepared, it's actually a preparation. It's a pretty vital aspect in, in life, you know, being prepared. It's actually vital for success in your, you know, academic life, in your business life, whichever. Preparation is key to, uh, you know, to, to success, at the, as, as they say. And it, it actually, some say it actually proves to be maybe one of the most valuable skills that you can master and to avoid a lot of buildup of, well, stress and anxiety and, and uh, such that comes. You know, you have a due date or a deadline, you've got something to, to be done, and inadequate preparation just creates a whole lot of turmoil, right? You've you got, you got a deadline to make, and because you, you've left it off or you didn't prepare quite right, now you're just backpedaling, you're spinning, you're, you're running and gunning now, you have no clue what's going to work, what does work. It's because you didn't prepare, Preparation is, it isn't something that's built in. It somehow come, it comes easier, but thankfully, you can actually build that skill. Okay? You can build preparation. It can be learned. It comes with a little discipline. A little discipline, and it, it can improve over time. You, you work on that, that pre- preparing, uh, you know, bit there if it comes more difficult to you. So preparation is key. And it's actually the difference between being proactive and reactive. Right? So if you prepare, Something happens or you can actually be proactive in a situation because you're already, you're already ready for it. You've kind of already seen all the different scenarios and you're like, well, if this happens, I'm going to do that. If this happens, I got this in my back pocket. And if that happens, I'm going this direction because you've thought it through. You've prepared, right? If you don't prepare, you're just reacting. Problem? Ah, fire. Problem? Ah, fire. And you're trying to put it out and you're reacting because of lack of preparation. Preparation takes time. A lot of time, because you know, you've got to actually set aside for maybe the, the key task or tasks you got to do for that day, and you've got to take time out of your day to prepare. Some of them say, actually, at the end of a day, some say at 3 o'clock in the day, maybe at, just before you're going to bed, you take some time and you think about the day tomorrow, and you say, what do I got to get done in that day? What's my most important tasks in that day? And you lay them out. Some say you put your three most important three most important tasks, and then the vital task. And, and these are all just, this isn't a business class, but this is preparation. <laughs> take, that, take that home and, and uh, you, you'll be winning all the way to the bank. <laughs> no pun there. All right. Preparation. So many things take prep, a lot of preparation. You know, buildings, building a building, major preparation. Years, years in the making, my brother's. Part, part of that in, in building and, and some of these, these projects that they're doing are five, six, seven, eight years in the making as they go from beginning to end. And it takes a ton of planning. 
I've had some, some experience in the film side of things. And the planning it takes to bring a film to pass is incredible. There could be, there's some, upwards up to sometimes seven years before it even hits a production. Because they're planning, they're preparing so much of, of, of the work involved to try and get there. In fact, production, when you're filming something, that's the shortest time in a whole project. It's the shortest part of getting the camera out there and filming something. It's, it's the narrowest wedge of time. The planning is actually one of the biggest, right? It's the preparing. So it's a major, it's very important to prepare. And even nature itself struggles and prepares just so they can live. Nature struggles and just so they can prepare. We got, if you, there's a, a whole herd of elephants in, in Africa that, that they, all they're focused on is making their way, these great migrations, and all they're doing is trying to find water. And they're moving from place to place and they're, they're just, that's all they're focused on. And they got, instinct is telling them, I gotta go here, I gotta go here. And all they're doing, a bear, he hibernates. He just fills up his belly with fish. He's preparing for something. Just, just to live. That's all he's doing. He's preparing to live. Alright? What about, what about a human? What about us? That's what I want to talk about is where are we in our preparations? Because we're not just preparing to, to fill our bellies with salmon and berries, right? We actually are preparing for something greater than that. All right. You know, where people put a lot of preparedness in is disasters. We've got disaster plans. We've got medical evac plans fire prevention plans. We've got plans. Because they're preparing for the worst. Disaster is going to strike. And so we plan. We prepare. But in all these preparations and whatever aspect in life, so many times though, we just come up with a whole lot of excuses. Right? Many common common excuses in, in lack of planning and lack of preparation in the world is, well, I don't have money. And I can't afford to prepare. Because it takes some money to go and buy certain things and get prepared. You know, keeners will go out there and get their go kit ready. And they've got all their equipment in there. And it's my go bag. It's stashed away. It's got all my first aid and some food and, you know, compass and knife and this. I'm ready. Disaster strikes. I'm a go bag. It costs money to do that. I don't have money. So there's no go bag for me. Another reason. And I say, well, you know, it's not my responsibility. It's actually my mom and dad's responsibility. I don't need to prepare. Or it's my boss's responsibility. Or somebody's responsibility. And so they should take care of it. I don't need to. They prepare, not me. And therefore, you are unprepared. Third and common one. Well, it'll never happen to me. Right? It's not going to happen to me. I don't need to prepare for that. It's way out. It's in the realm of absurdity that something so, you know, a disaster or whatever it could be might happen to them. And so they put that off as it ain't, it's just not happening. And therefore, I'm not preparing. All right. And as the old saying says, as many would you know, poor planning on your part does not necessitate an emergency on mine. Who's heard that one? Oh, now you have. It's a very, very common proverb, Ricard. You've got to have heard that. <laughs> yes, everybody knows that saying, right? I'll say it again because apparently none of you heard it. Poor planning on your part doesn't necessitate an emergency on mine. Meaning you're, you're, I don't need to be tapping to your tune because you didn't prepare, right? Okay, so preparing. Ben Franklin says, by failing to prepare, you prepare to fail. There you go. Now you, all right. Now you've got your short lesson on preparation. 
All right, the importance of it. But, you know, so for the unprepared, the world has put together response systems as we're talking about disasters, and they have these early warning systems because they need a, they know there's thousands, if not millions, of unprepared. There's no, because of these three reasons here, most people fall into them and therefore they don't do nothing. And so we gotta figure out, we gotta, we gotta warn them somehow. We have early warning systems now. And so, we have a few of those. The common ones, of course, which yes, uh, just one second there. Can you just go to, uh, slide two actually there, Joe? I put them out of order. My apologies. Yep. Earthquakes. Right? Earthquakes happen. And so we have early or, you know, early uh, warning systems uh, that they try to trigger and try to give you heads up. Because you haven't prepared, we're going to give you a heads up that an earthquake is coming. And so they've got some very finicky systems and, you know, they try and uh, monitor with accelerometers and size, size manometers and the communication computers, all these different alarms. They're, they're trying to make sure, you know what, how can we make these people aware that disaster is going to strike? All right. So in 2019, there was a there was a, uh, a Ridgecrest, I believe that was in uh, California. I can't quite remember. There was two earthquakes on July 4th, uh, 6.4 and 5.7. And a company, this isn't it, but this is just an image just to stick it in your mind. They had an app, and they it's called Quake Alert, and out it went. And the average user had a warning: earthquakes coming. Average, they had 45 seconds to prepare. How much preparation you got in 45 seconds? Not much. So the best they got right now for an earthquake, you got 45 seconds on average to get something in ready. Go to slide one there, Joe. All right, tsunamis. They happen too. Big disasters. How do we prepare for them? Some prepare more than others. Different countries have them more than others. Some don't have them at all. Obviously, they're landlocked. Nonetheless, the you know countries like Japan and such are you know they work very hard and so they have they try to get warning systems they got different things in the ocean and and uh, buoys and all that try and trigger you know wave height as the water rose you know and tr- trigger things off and so they, they try to it's sophisticated not sophisticated enough that they didn't give them a heads up because at the earthquake um, in I believe it was Indonesia at 6:03 p.m. an earthquake hit and the three waves of the tsunami hit the coast. From 6.10 to 6.18. So they had about eight minutes. Seven, eight, nine. That's all they had to get ready for the onslaught of the tsunami. Experts say actually that if you see the ocean receding, you've got five minutes. You better get moving to high ground. It's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time because actually if anybody's ever seen the footage, that wave just, just keeps pushing in and it's going fast. Five minutes ain't getting you nowhere. And we can go to slide three. Yep. Sure. We'll hit play. Tornadoes. Powerful disasters. I would just, I just, I, did, I had to put a clip together because when you're seeing the sights of these actually images, I'm just like, whoa. Typically, 
you got less than 15 minutes when a tornado drops down. And some, they had really just a matter of minutes from when they got a little alert on their phone saying, oop, tornado's just in your area, that they had to get down below. And that big cloud and cyclone dropped in and tore their house right off. So it's a, uh, these are real. People live in these moments. This isn't just, uh, you know, pretend here. These are, these are real. And they're trying to figure out how do we warn people? How do we warn you that this is coming? So that you can prepare. Right? So this is natural life. Let's push that aside because it's temporal. This is just temporal. Right? You're going to have to give me some more amens than that. <laughs> All right? But who's preparing for after this? Who's preparing for after this? Let's just go. That's where we're, we're going to go there right hard because that's really what's most important. You can, you can see that. If people are preparing for that. They're putting their lifetime in. How can I track that? And they drive around and put their little sensors down and, and try and figure out how, is it, how do we monitor this and get all the scientific data just so they can maybe give somebody a few extra minutes so they can actually get out of their home, right? But God has an early warning system for us because we're talking eternity now, okay? And I sure hope we don't got just five minutes or five seconds. It's not the case. God has an early warning system. It's called a watchman. It's called a prophet. That he can stand on a tower and look far in advance. So you got more than five minutes or eight seconds or whatever it is for a disaster to strike. Okay? So a watchman. But Abraham uh, speaks the message, watchman, what of the night? Because and a watchman is someone who is able to look far, far in the distance and warn of an oncoming storm or an oncoming tragedy or such. And so they were on a tower and they could see far off. And so they'd be able to announce to people the danger, impending danger is coming. And so they would be able to, they'd have time to prepare for that. Get in the city, shut the city gates, get inside. Also talked about a watchman being able to tell even the time. You know, what's the time? He said they were, you know, they should, they knew the stars and such. You could shout out, you know, what, what hour? What hour is it? What hour are we in? Is it morning time? Is it evening time? What time is it in the, in the nighttime? They didn't have watches like you and me, right? But Abraham says, and today God still has eagles, messengers, men on the tower who climb up the spirit, up in the spirit, far beyond all mechanisms and all the atomic bombs and scientific researches. He has men whose special design for that purpose, who climbs up the ramparts at Calvary in the name of the Lord Jesus, stands on the top of the cross. Mm, doesn't that, stands on top of the cross, he says, and can send the message back, thus saith the Lord. This is our early warning system. God's got it built in from all the way from the beginning of time. He's got a prophet that has been a warning system over and over to the people in ages gone by and today early warning system, a prophet, amen, a watchman. Their spiritual sight far greater than the priests in the temple, beyond the ordinary men and walks of life, their special design for the duties that God had for them. And they see afar off. Isaiah could see afar off. He said, a virgin shall conceive, because God gave them that ability. Amos saw afar off and saw destruction coming. Moses saw afar off and said, there'll be a prophet likened unto me. They're prophets. They're able to see afar off. Be ready for this. Right? Be ready. See things that are coming. He sees the cup of God's wrath 
full before it's filled. I think we'd want to know if the cup is, if, when that cup of wrath is going to be filled. Where is it? Well, it's going to be at this time. When you see this happen, when you see these events, when this takes place, then that's the time. Oh, I want to be ready for that time. Right? So that's why we were wanting to keep our eye on the watchman of the tower and say, Watchman, what of the night? Where are we at? Is disaster right on us? Or how much time do I got? Where are we? Who's asked the watchman? Who's looked at and said, Watchman, what is it? Who's gone in there and said, where are we right now? Is the cup full? Do I have seconds? Do I have minutes? The watchman can tell you. He can tell you what's coming or not. He can tell you the world will be dark. Gross darkness. He's high up enough. The sun's shining now, but he sees that shade coming. And he says, he's saying, what's he's look? He says what he's looking at. It ain't here yet, but it'll sure be here. That's right. He knows it's coming years away. Years away. Yet he sees it. I just thought, you know, my, what was spoken that was coming years away? And there's many things I could go on here. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to labor more on, uh, on some of these, but I was just thinking this, you know, Brother Branham saw so many things. And if you read the message, wow, he's, he's speaking about then, but he's, he's speaking then, but he, that, that's got to be now. He's like, that's now. Some of them are simple because, um, Joe, what is my next slide? Can you go back out? I want to make sure I got these in order. Yeah, let's do that one. Slide five. Okay. This is simple. We got, we got children. We got to bring this tangible for them. But Abraham, he had seven visions. I'm not going to go into every single one of them, but one of them was cars. He spoke about cars. He said, just before that time come, that automobiles, this is where you can dig in into your own, into the message and find out the rest. He said, wow, I didn't know about that. You dig in there. He says, in Israel and the church number two, he says, what, uh, automobiles, which was built that old straight back 20 years ago. He said he was talking about the, when he had the, uh, uh, the visions. And I said, I said, they'll look like an egg. Okay. He said, they'll look like an egg. So he's talking cars down the road are going to look like an egg at the end time. Okay. That's what he said. He says, be something on the shape of something like that. That's the way that'll be just before the rapture. Okay. This is, he's, this is the, these are the cars he's talking about then. Not so egg shaped. Okay? We're talking like boxy. Big time. Big sharp edges. And you can imagine the audience is like, like an egg? Do you see our cars right now? Right? Yeah, I know you're living right now in, in egg-shaped cars. You can click next. Actually, I could probably do that too. Right? I had to put that up there because, come on. That's as, that's, how about, I just took a picture of an egg. I did not distort that one bit. Just so you know, nothing. I just whoop, got bigger. I mean, it was so exact to the egg curvature. I was like, wow. It does not get, that does not get more accurate than that. Okay. This is just, just to give an idea. This is the watchman in the small, but also then in the great. Okay. In all of the different areas. But Brother Branham talks about, you look at civil unrest and all the different things that are going on right now. He speaks about that. And he talks about it now coming down this day and age. He talks about how it's used. He said, communism will come right in there. This is what he says. Yeah, he says that. He says, they do that. They start a little revolution. Then they take, uh, then they take it in without a shot. He says, they don't want to blow the country up. They want it. They wormweed it in. And they seen a case of doing that. He said, and now what the old revolution was, they start just another revolution. And they just filter that in. This is all it. The watchman. 
where are we at? Let's go to the next slide. Right. Music. My goodness. Now, what about all this carrying on and done? He says, uh, in the name of the church, practicing square dancing in the church, bunko, bingo, parties, teenagers, rock and roll. Look at this. Elvis Presley, the devil standing in shoes. Now, that's as strong as it gets. Pat Boone, Ricky Nelson, biggest indebtment to this nature ever had. That's right. I, I had to look at them and be like, wow. This is the devil standing in shoes here at the bottom. For those that don't know, uh, I think it's Ricky Nelson at the top and Pat Boone in the middle and, and all these other ones, you know, Louis Armstrong and Hank Williams and, you know, Ray Charles, you know, Patsy Klein. I don't even know these people. But I, I'm looking at them like the devil. This is what they were looking at. As the watchman of the night, the prophet is saying this, though, I can't even put the second slide. I, I didn't even make one for music in this day. Because that indeed is the devil in shoes. And I wasn't even comfortable showing the devil in shoes on the screen. Horrible. Demon possessed. But this is what he was speaking to at that time. Okay, we're just talking about seeing far off, right? Right. He said, oh my. He talks about in the jungles and, and uh, Elvis Presley and the different ones bouncing and jerking around miles away in the, in the, in Africa, he says. And then, and he said, and, and yet they say, oh, he's very religious. Him and Pat Boone talking about Elvis Presley. Why is the Judas of the hour and you don't know it? He's pretty strong, but it was seeds. Seeds and he's looking far out on the tower. Amen. Next slide. It's going to drive this one home. All right. Hollywood in the old, in the days of the fifties. Right. He says, what's the matter today? Nation going into sin and whiskey joints, people, cold, formal, uncensored radio programs, uncensored television programs. So fascinating. Sin so beautiful until it attracts the attention of the people. Sorry, translators. I am flying. And if you're not truly born again, he says, where their, where their attraction is on Christ and single minded, they'll go after that stuff. This is where, um, and they'll act like those people. He says, it used to be the old Pentecostal wouldn't let their children even go to picture shows. And the devil pulled one over on their eyes and brought the picture show right in the house. He brought these picture shows in the house. This is what he's preaching hard against. And I was looking at them and Rin Tin Tin, little dog, gun smoke, you know, some cowboys and you're like, brother Brad. No, no. He's looking at now on your device, on your little YouTube and on your demon, demon-inspired content. A prophet, a watchman, warning, warning. All right. Not just there, but then we start talking. A watchman is also revealing the mysteries. He's showing you serpent seed, revealing Godhead. The church ages. All this, I'm just, I just got something a little more that I could help the kids even see. This is what your watchman is doing. And if he's showing you that and far down the road, what more is he showing? What more is he reaching to and saying, look at this? Okay. So now a warning. There's a warning. Butter Branham says, oh, he says, it pays to take warning. You can take that down there, Brother Joe. The first thing you do, Before there can be a warning, there has to be a preparation made for safety or there's no need of a warning. If there's no way of escape, if there's no, if why am I even going to warn you? 
if there's no, if there, if, if you're on a train trestle and there's a train coming and you're in the middle of it and the only way is that way or the train, I, well, there's a train coming. I mean, what, yeah, I'm dead either way. What's the point of the warning? But if there was a way of escape, then I'd be shouting at you and trying to warn you to go that direction. Prepare. You can get away from that. Right? So if, if there, what's the point of the warning if there was no preparation made? And you, and the warning is only a voice of one having you to prepare for the danger. There has to be a preparation made first. Amen. A preparation made first. Oh, I'm thankful. There's a preparation made. Amen. That's what we're here talking about tonight. There's a preparation available. He's warning judgment is coming. But he's giving there's a way out. Amen. There's a way out. Warning, preparation, then judgment. Let's just talk about a couple of those that can be real tangible for you. Noah, warning said, and God looked upon the earth and, and behold, it was corrupt. For all the flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I'll destroy them with the earth. Warning. All right. Prepare. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms thou shalt make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Breadth of it, 50 cubits. Height of it, 30 cubits. You'll make a window in it. I'm going to paraphrase. And then you'd put a door. And then there'll be a lower, second, and third stories. Thou shalt make it. Here's what you do. Here's how you prepare for the warning. And Noah had to go into action and start to prepare. And he had years now. He had to work it. He had to go get the gopher wood. He had to go find that. He had to start cutting it down. He had to get his boys on board. Hey, let's go, boys. We've got a whole lot of work to do. We got a big boat on our hands. We got to get her done because judgment is coming. Warning and then judgment, right? And so here they go. They start working hour after hour, day after day, service after service, Wednesday after Wednesday, right? Preparation was being made on the ark so that eight souls could be taken to safety. God rich in mercy, giving Noah in his time that everybody had it available to them. This wasn't a secluded ark. It was there, big, big and huge, available. I mean, it just reeked of warning on it. Something major's happening. But they didn't take it. They didn't heed the warning. They didn't heed the warning. And then there was judgment. In the 600th year of Noah's life, the second month, 17th day of the month, the same day were all the foundations, fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and judgment struck in Noah's day. I don't look at Noah like doom. Don't get all, oh, that was heavy. No, no, no. God made a way of escape. He gave a warning and he said, here's what you got to do. Get to work. Do it this way. Do it that way. He's like, well, I think I'm going to cut it in half and not do it quite that. No, it wouldn't have worked. God had a set plan for him. Make it three stories. Put one window up. Put a door here. I know I'm going to put like 40 doors. It wouldn't have worked because it didn't go according to God's plan and it would have sunk. Noah had to prepare exactly the way God had it made for him to do. And so he got to work doing that and he floated to safety and spared their life and a way of escape. That to me is glorious. Don't look at Noah like, oh my goodness, the world ended. No, eight souls were saved because they heeded the warning and prepared according to his word. All right, let's get that. Let that drill through our hearts tonight. Amen. 
in Exodus. We'll talk about another one. Very, these are very known. These are all through the Bible. Exodus 12, we know of the Passover. You know, the day before Passover is called the day of preparation. They're preparing for it. They got a lot of things they got to do. They can't cook and so, so forth. There are certain things that they prepare. So the day before is actually the day of preparation. Exodus 12. There was a warning. God said, the death angel's coming in. And the firstborn is going to die. All right. Now you must prepare. And then there was a preparation now involved. Right? And he gave him very specific parameters. Here's how you prepare for this. Death is coming. Now we must. You can be saved from it. Here's how it works. Okay? And he said, you take a lamb without blemish. Male of the first year. You should take it from out of the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day. It actually says, you'll take it without blemish. And I want to say, it says on the 10th day of the month. In the 10th day of month, they shall take them every man a lamb. So on day 10 of that month, they took a lamb. All right? They had to select it. They had to go out and do it. Okay? They had to go do something. They had to go out there. Okay, son. Get out there. Go look at lamb. They might have a big herd. Go look at this one. Yeah? No, they brought him in, flipped him up, looked him over. What is, yeah, this one looks great. Is he one year old? They had to know. This had to be one year old. Not two year old. Not six months. It wouldn't have worked. God wouldn't have accepted the sacrifice if it was six months old. Or to five years old. One year old. Blemish? Is there a blemish on here? Look at all around the legs, up around the fur, fur, cur, you know, trying to frantically look. We need the right one, Dad. We need the right lamb. For one year old. No blemish. A male. We need to prepare. And so here they are. They're preparing. They didn't keep it four days. Nothing could happen to it. You didn't want to have that lamb pick it out. It's all perfect. And then it stubs his leg, breaks his, scratches it, whatever. It's not, it's not, it's a blemished lamb now. So we had to keep it from day 10 because it's four, on day 14 is when they needed to give sacrifice. Kill the lamb in evening time. Take the blood. Strike the posts. Roast it. Eat the flesh. The pertinent parts all through the night. Nothing remained in the morning. If so, then it was burned. They stayed up at night. There was preparation involved so that the death angel would not strike their home. Preparation. We're talking Preparing. All right, no leaven, no leaven in the home, nothing for the next seven days. Right? What's leaven? Children, what's leaven? You got to know? Tell me. Have no clue. <laughs> it's yeast. It's like a yeast. It's a raising compound. You know what it does? Leaven. It's using doughs and batters. It, it's a, it has a foaming action and it lightens and softens the mixture. God has no desire to lighten and soften his word. Zippo. It's this is what it is. It's hard sometimes. He wants it uncontaminated with the world. No leaven. And they had to make sure there was nothing in the home and anywhere else. They went through every room, every crook, every cranny, every shelf, every basket. You name it. They went through it because there had to be nothing. Zippo. For seven days, no leaven. Why no leaven? Why seven days? But Abraham says seven church ages. The types are beautiful. You see, just read over that in the scripture. Be like, oh, seven days they had no leaven. Oh, that, that was pretty tough. No, no, no. Because the type couldn't be broken. Right? The scripture had to work all the way through, front to back, so that we could believe and say, that's the truth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The types and the shadows work beautifully all the way from the beginning to end. Amen? 
seven days, seven days, seven ages, no extra ideas, no additional creeds. No, I think this, this is how I think it is. Oh, it's Trinity. Oh, it's this. No, 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 nothing. Zero leaven, zero man's concepts. It had to be pure word. Amen. Amen. Because death was in the land. Death was in the land. One small amount of the world, not even a little bit. It wasn't 99%, one little dust particle, it had to be swept out. And you prepared exactly. Scripture says, your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaveneth, leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Nothing. Not a bit of the world. Everything scoured, completely swept out. That's how your life must be. Nothing. Nothing. Well, Daddy, why do you got your shoes on? They got there at now at midnight. It's nighttime. Death angel came at midnight. This wasn't like I'm tired. Oh, nobody was tired that night. They were working. They were preparing to make sure. He said, well, Daddy, why do you got your shoes on? Why do you got your staff in your hand? Why have you got a piece of bread in one hand and lamb in the other? Why are them bitter herbs and things? What are you eating? What's that sweat running off your face? Because it was a desperate time of preparation because the death angel was coming. Amen? It was a, a, a vital time to make sure you had everything right. You didn't want it left by chance. But Dad wanted it left by chance. Wonder his sweat going off his brow. He girded up his loins. He had a staff in his hand. He was ready to go. He's eating the bitter herbs. He's eating everything. Some of it's hard. Some of it's good. But he had to eat it all. All the pertinent parts, right? Sometimes, sometimes services are a little bit of this. It's the hard parts too. Other times it's glory. It's amazing. You had to eat it all. It's all word, right? You're girded up and ready to go. You weren't leaving it to chance because if it was just left to chance and you did get a year and a half year old, guess who was dying at midnight? Your firstborn. Was it serious? It was serious. Procrastination would have been a horrible thing then. Well, I'll just let it go. You know, you know, day 10, you know, I can do all that on day 13. No. That would have been a bad end. You don't want to procrastinate and leave it off. No, sir. No, sir. Scripture says, now, again, you say, wow, Passover is a heavy story. It is a heavy account. But I want you to focus on there was a way out. There was preparation, a warning that allowed preparation so that life could be preserved. Focus on that. Life could be preserved. There was a preparation for life. Okay? Amen. To get away from the death that was coming on the land. You can prepare and live. And you can do nothing and die. Let's focus on live. Because there is a way. Now, a lot of times through these preparing times, uh, we can there can be a, a long period of time here. We talked about disasters and you know a few minutes of time between the warning and then and then uh, and then destruction. But sometimes it's a lot longer than that. So much so that Scripture says, Second Peter three, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Yeah, we've been at this a long time. 
For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I've heard this 40,000 times. That's what they're saying. Rapture? Yeah, I don't know. Where's the promise of his coming? Yeah. Scripture, I can tell you, it's happened to this day. Absolutely. Willingly they were ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of, uh, were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that was that then was being overflowed with water and they perished. God wants to know if it's really sticking. Now you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> Not for the short haul. Alright? And so he looked, look, he even put Noah through all that preparation time and then he put him in the ark and then he sat there and waited. Hey, the rain's coming. The door's shut. The animal's ready. We're ready to go. It's been a long time. A whole lot of years. And I'm ready to go. I'm waiting to hear the thunder. And day one happens and there's no thunder. And he's two days done. And three days. And four days. That's a long time. And I'm sure you got a whole lot of mockery going on the outside, right? He left it for seven days before that thunder started. And then the rain fell, right? Scripture says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Hold fast. Scripture is scripture. It will not fail. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it'll surely come. It will not tarry. Don't falter in this gap time. Hold fast. You've prepared. Many of you, you've prepared. I'm not talking, I'm talking to believers tonight. Amen? Hold fast, because though it tarry, wait for it. Who cares about the scoffer? Who cares about the mocker? Eh, you guys have believed that for years. It will come to pass. And I sure want to be the one that's inside the ark after day seven when it started to thunder and then someone outside is like, oh man, we made a mistake. And there was no way out. Preparation was done. We want to be in the ark. That's why we're here. That's why the watchman came because he could shout out a message and say, get in the ark. Get in Christ. This is where the word is. Get there. Amen. Amen. That's what we're preaching tonight. Man, you need to know who you are. Noah had to know who he was when he had to do that. And so did many of God's men. We mentioned the different prophets. They didn't know who they were. Right, Brother Dan? They didn't know who they were when they were speaking. Amos getting out there. Isaiah getting out there. Hosea doing. God told Hosea to do some pretty intense things. Read Hosea. You've got to know where you stand. And then you can there and wait. Because the vision will manifest. Amen. Those that got tired, they didn't listen to Jesus. Jesus said, when you see certain, certain things happen, when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies and know that the desolation there was nigh, flee to the mountains. He says, for the days of vengeance are coming. and Woe unto them with child that gives suck in those days. And great shall be the distress. He told them, watch for this. He told them, get out of Jerusalem when you see this happen. And those that heeded the warning and were watching and prepared, yep, 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 I see it happening, we're gone. They had stuff, they had go bags. They were ready to go. 37 years later is when that happened. To make sure that go bag was ready to go when they had to tear out of the city because they were, Roman was coming in. And you know what? They say more than 1.1 million Jews perished. 100,000 taken captive. They said, though, yet while the Jews suffered starvation and slaughter and capture, their fellow Christians in Jerusalem escaped. 
Amen. They prepared for life. They were prepared. Oh, you say, I don't want to be here. Well, that's why we're here. You know, God doesn't put you through a rigorous set of, you've got to do this, do this, this, this. And you know what? After 10 or 15 years, then I'll see if you've, you've passed, the, passed my preparation test. No, no. They were pricked in their heart when Peter spoke to them. And they said, what must we do? Amen. What must we do to be saved? I don't want to be here. There's an oncoming storm. There's destruction coming. I, gotta, I, I want to be ready. I need to prepare. What do I do? What do I do? Well, he said, repent. Be baptized. Amen? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It, that's, it wasn't, it's not super simple. That's why, that's why God hates the Catholic doctrine and all of the dogmas that put prices on it and you had to do this and whip yourself, whip yourself, pray this many times, light this many candles because it's a free gift. He says, all you got to do is repent, turn around, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in my name, in my name, his name. That's what you are. I, I was just thinking today, how incredible, in vain do they worship me. I was thinking because how do you worship him? Brother Brown says in his provided place of worship, which is in Jesus Christ. And if they're believing a Trinity doctrine and following and baptizing the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, how are you worshiping him? How do you worship him when you're worshiping in titles? It's in his name that you worship him. Amen. That's why you're baptized in his name by one spirit. Him are we baptized into. And therefore then now you have the seal. Amen. That's why that Godhead is so important. Millions and millions of people that believe, they believe and are worshiping not in God's provided place of worship. Can you imagine? All your worship is in vain because you're not even worshiping in his name. In the name of our Lord Jesus. My, when that comes, though, when that seal, when God recognizes, as Abraham did, he separated himself, he showed his faith, and God then sent a covenant of circumcision, and then, and when God sees that, you step in, you make a consecration, you turn around, you separate yourself, you, you surrender it all, you lay it down, you don't hold nothing back, God sees that, and he pours the Holy Ghost into your life. Boy, what a change happens. Amen? You're renewed in your nature. You're completely changed. This is what this, this is what he does. He changes you. Your old man is dead. It's dead. Your desires are gone. Your worldly passions are gone because he died out and he now lives and reigns supreme in you. He's washed you from your sins. You're blameless. He sees you washed, completely pure. Amen. Spotless. The blood of the lamb makes you perfect in his eyes. Perfect, justified by his righteousness. Your filthy rags of your righteousness are covered in his blood and he sees his righteousness, which is pure, white and as snow. Amen. You're reconciled to God, made to be just like him because you're part of him. You've been torn. He was torn at Calvary. You're the other part of him. He's part joined together as bride and groom. You make that covenant perfect match because he's a part of you. That's what happens when the God pours his spirit in you. Amen. And your lamp, your vessel is fed with heavenly oil, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, let's talk about our scripture. Holy oil, Holy Spirit, that oil, vital for preparation. What do I need? 
What do I need? We've got an oncoming storm, as I said. We've got destruction coming to this world. We've just been talking to ourselves at home and different ones reading in Revelation. And this Abigail and the kids, or Abigail, I think, Cy, were just reading a little bit of the sixth seal. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. <laughs> storm? Storm. But there's a way. There's a prepare preparation that can be made so that you don't even need to be here. Amen? And that's why you're here. What are you preparing for? Are you preparing for judgment? Or are you preparing for life? What are you preparing for? You have a choice. You can do it right now. What am I, what am I doing? What's my focus right now? What am I doing in life? Is my, am I preparing everything? I know there's something coming. I know the watchman has said this. Well, I don't have time. Or it's, it's cost too much. Not money, but it costs too much of you. Too much of your own self you gotta lie down. Everything in fact, not just some. Everything. Ah, just too much. Don't fall in to the vast majority that do not, that go unprepared. Prepare. Amen. Five of them were wise. Five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, took no oil. Took no oil. The vital component to preparation. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, he lingered. While he lingered and tarried, they slumbered and slept. But Abraham says all through the ages. First age, second age, third age. He says, and then those virgins rose. Oh, sorry. And at midnight, a cry was made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. But Abraham says, at the seventh watch, in that last age, he says, the cry was made out. At midnight, a cry was made. The bridegroom cometh. Where are we? We're at the end of the seventh age. And the watchman has shouted out. Here's what's coming. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And then those virgins rose and they trimmed their lamps. They trimmed their lamps. You know, lamp trimming. You know, if you don't trim a wick, it gets all smoky and charred up. And your wick and your flame is minuscule. In fact, you blow off smoke, you char up the lamp, and eventually if you leave it, it goes out. And there's nothing happening on your, on your little wick. And you need that. You need flame. So they went out and trimmed their lamp. They trimmed out. You know what? What have I got? They, they started any little thing of preparation. I got to make sure my wick is just looking good. You actually trim a wick in a certain way. You know, not just cut flight across the top. No, you want your flame to be bright and tall and as, as powerful as you can in your little lamp. And so they trimmed that lamp. They got rid of anything. Is there a little bit of the world on me? Anything that's hindering my, my flame from burning bright? And so let's just trim that off a little bit. Something came across the pulpit on the service. I heard so, I read something in the scripture. Let's just trim that little lamp, that little wick a little bit. And you make that lamp just burn bright. Amen? That's what the trimming of the lamp is. Amen? So they rose up. The foolish said, Unto the wise, whoa, give us of your oil. Our lamps are gone out. This is major. This was major. Our lamps are gone out. My goodness. But Abraham says the first thing when he starts descending out of heaven, he says there's a shout. What is that? It's a message to get the people together. A message comes forth. Now lamp trimming time, which we just talked about. Rise and trim your lamps. What watch was that? He said seventh, which we just said. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. He said it's Malachi 4 time. It's Luke 17 time. All those prophecies that can perfectly set in order in this day, in the scripture, we see it living right there. This is where we're at. Say, where are we? Right here. Right at the end. Right at those last prophecies being fulfilled. And now the foolish virgins, they say, whoa, we're out of oil. And the wise said, 
Mm -mm. Not so. Not so. Lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather and go, of that, buy, go to them that sell and buy it yourself. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. I can't. This is, uh, I, I got just enough for me. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to keep, keep my lamp burning bright. Keep my family in order. Uh-huh. Oh, you got to go to the source. I can't give you my oil. You go to the source of the oil. Nobody would want to wake up and find out that the only requirement that they needed when the bridegroom came was the oil. And they didn't have it. And when they went to buy, they were not ready. And the wise virgins went with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Preparation can be made right now. Right now, say, Lord, I don't got oil in my lamp. I need oil in this lamp because when the bridegroom cometh, I want to be able to rise up and meet him and go inside that door into the marriage supper and it closed behind me and know it's all over. It's all done. We're talking in the office of just that, just seeing one of those resurrected saints. I tell you, that'll change everything. You want to have oil by that time because I can assure you, if you don't got oil by that time, you've got a problem. You want to make sure your lamp is trimmed and ready and burning. But Abraham says, God raise up some preachers that'll go to trimming lamps. I said, Lord, I'll do that tonight. I'll go out there and preach. Get ready. Warning and judgment. But there is a place that you can prepare. There's been a plan given. This is what you must do. And then you will be ready for the oncoming judgment. I urge you tonight. Here there what are you preparing for as I asked I'm preparing as I said over and over again I'm preparing I'm preparing to live I'm preparing to live this whole world is not my home I'm just passing through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue they're all expecting me on heaven's open door sure because I can't feel at home in this world anymore I tell you you better not be feeling it at home here because it is disaster. Disaster. People are going insane. Just in our own little town. Train, trains are wrecking and fires are burning and whatever else is happening. Pandemic's happening. Something else happened on, on Monday that was catastrophic. Oh, cable getting cut at our, at the gondola. It's crazy out there. People must just be, they're, they're freaking out. Ah, but I'm prepared to be out of here. Amen. That's where we're going to go right now. Amen. We've got just a few more minutes. But Abraham says, ah, got to skip it. Sorry. My goodness. At the beginning you thought, well, I just never have, I have too much time. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I got not enough time. <laughs> How things change. Well, you know, I just want to come to the end, uh, just a little bit of the uh, close here, because we can talk a lot about the warning and, and the preparing and, the, and the, the, the negative side of it. And I shouldn't say negative, but the sobering side of it. It is sobering because we're striving to ensure that you all make it. We want to make sure that everybody, because it's free. It's God's, but he didn't, he, it's like, well, you know, not for you, but for you. No, no, everybody. God would that all would repent. That's scripture. But with preparation, with preparation, 
comes great peace. Amen. Preparation brings peace. And I just want to just, just touch on that, touch on that just a little bit here. Because when all is ready, man, it don't matter. It don't matter how crazy it is. You can just rest because you've come into peace. The storm could rage. Your anchor's set. And it's just, I'm good. He's in my life. My, my lamp is filled. And I'm just, I'm just going to coast those waves. Amen. Scripture says, now I want to talk to this. This is actually, let's read Ephesians 6.14. Stand therefore. We're talking about battle now. Ephesians 6, armor. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about you with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation, the readiness, the preparedness of the gospel of peace. This is part of your armor. This is part of your armor. Your feet are shod. You know, I would hate to walk around without no shoes. Uh, I am a shoe guy. In fact, I'm a sock guy. I hate bare feet. Hate it with passion. I, I can absolutely relate with this scripture, 100%. Because little, I detest walking in bare feet. I can't imagine battling in bare feet. Imagine. Your feet would just be a lump of mush because they'd been stepped on and rocks and this and that and, and poked in brambles and slip and slide in mud. I was thinking about this. I was thinking of, of Brother Dave. We were fishing and he was in some certain boots and we were in mud and oh my goodness, he was, it was like he was skiing through the mud because his shoes weren't fit for the terrain. It was quite comical. But nonetheless, your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. shod preparation because when you have your feet your feet actually when they were in battle then they had their little sandals whatever they actually had little little studs and stuff on the bottom so that you could be there you're ready you weren't all over and someone comes to battle you no you actually had these little studs in your in your in their shoes so that you were ready you were prepared if satan came this way or this way you could move if he's here you can move you're not slipping all over and down and gone or maybe it's like i got no shoes so i don't want to move And so you're stuck in place. No, your feet were shod with the preparation so you could be ready for the onslaught of the enemy. No shoes, you're toast. It's not, you can have your sword and shield and all that. You're going to wage battle for a little while, but if you don't got complete armor and God put into scripture, your feet have something on them. He actually shod it with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's to be prepared, having your feet shod. The gospel of peace is the peace with God that comes through being reconciled to Him through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what you're prepared with. You're like, I'm ready. I'm planted. I'm anchored. I, you know exactly which way the devil's coming. And so therefore, you're content and at rest because Christ lives, rules and reigns, and I, I'm, I'm anchored in Him. And each way, and no matter which way He comes, that's what's grounding me, is my feet are ready and prepared with the gospel of peace and then it's just rest little bride fight away all you want devil but i'm ready i've got i've got my weapons but don't don't disregard the fact that your feet actually give you peace in the battle because that's what you're shot with peace you're prepared he gave that for your preparation 
It's a peace that passes all understanding. Because in him, because you're in him, and you look around you, like I said, you have those that they're not. They don't have Christ. Their hearts are failing for fear, as scripture says. But you, when you're shod with that, when Christ is in you, and you've accepted his propitiation, you should be at complete peace and rest in this time. You're prepared. You're prepared. You're anchored in Jesus. Amen? In the cleft of the rock. Let's close with this. Brother Branham, Brother Dow, I believe it was, if I'm reading the right quote, he says, um, you know, Brother Branham, he goes, you know, do you think I'm ready? You know, do you think I'm ready to go? He goes, you know, do you think I'm, you think I'm saved? He says, Brother Branham says, well, let's have a heart exam. He goes, let's just, let's just think about this. He goes, well, I have a heart exam with you. You know, I'd put your blood pressure and put the cuff on you and we'd take your pulse and we'd take your respirations and all of that. And we'd see how good you are. We'd, you know, how are you, how are you feeling? He says, that's what they do in a medical realm. He says, well, let's, he goes, let's do a soul examination. So what he says, he says, let's do a soul examination. He goes, we only, only has for the soul, God is only one instrument. He says, that's his word. He says, John 524, he says, he that hears my word. Now he says, now, that here doesn't mean just listen. He says, that here means to receive. He that heareth or receives my word. Who can receive my word? He hears it. Amen. He, he that hears my word. Uh-huh. That's the word of Jesus. There you are. If you can hear my word and believe on him that sent me, he has passed from death unto life. And he shall not come into the judgment, but is passed from it. And now, he said, how's your heart beating now? He says, wow. He says, I believe it. I've heard it. And I've received it. Hey, Amen. This is Brother Dow's response. He says, well, then according to the head specialist and the chief operator and the chief doctor, he says, of eternal life, you pass from death unto life and shall never come into condemnation. Glory. Amen. You do, do a checkup. Do a soul checkup. You say, you know what? Have I, have I believed? Have I heard? Have I received it? Mm-hmm. I believed. I've heard it. I've received it. He says, well, then... The chief doctor says, you passed from death unto life. My, that was simple. It's not complicated. It's a simple thing to prepare for this. He says, oh, he says, wow. He says, when I heard you preach in the name of Jesus Christ for water baptism, I walked right in behind you and you baptized me. That man I once was, I am not no more. Something happened to me. I used to care nothing about it and went on the other way. But I've turned and started back this way and my heart burns day and night to get closer to him. Here's a little evidence that something real happened. My heart burns to get closer to him. I started, I was going this way. Man, I'm going this way now. There was a change. That's how you know that little lamp of yours has got filled up with some oil and your flame starts to burn. Amen. You are prepared. Every word of it, I believe. Amen. To every bit of it. I don't care if it cuts me. I want to measure right up. Oh my. There it is right there. There's a soul examination and you see if you pass the test. I want to measure right up to it. He said, I said, Brother Branham says, seems to me like your heart's beating pretty good. <laughs> How's your heart beating tonight? Is it beating pretty good? He said, man, that's exactly me, Brother Dow. And my heart, my spiritual heart is just a pumping, just and good and fast. Hopefully not too fast. He said, well, wonder if there, Brother Branham, would be a rapture. If the rapture comes, can I go in it? I said, well, I can't say. He says, uh, well, I'd like to be living. I want to see the rapture so bad. But her dad was an older man then. He said, well, let's see what the science book says. <laughs> he says, hey, man, he says, well, Second Thessalonians, chapter 4. 
He says, we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, which means hinder, those that are resting asleep. For the trumpet of God shall sound, and those who are asleep or resting shall wake up first, take on immortality, and then we which are alive at that day, at that time, after they done raised up, see, they shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and meet them. Amen. And then go up to meet the Lord in the air and be caught up together with them. Whether you sleep, whether you don't, whether you do, whether you don't, whatever you're buried, if you don't buried at all, you're coming anyhow, Brother Dow. Hey, then it don't matter. You're going to be there. If you've prepared, you know, whether you die, whether you live, whether you're there or not there, here, when that happens, you'll be there. He said, there's nothing can hold you. You'll be there, Brother Dow. My goodness, he said, if Jesus don't come until my great, 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 great grandchildren's grandchildren, you'll still be there right on a moment, just exactly, and will be there before they're ever even changed. Hey, man, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Amen. Musicians, you can come. Give me oil in my lamp. Amen. A Christian doesn't prepare for destruction. He doesn't hunker down and he's not waiting for impending doom. Oh, sir. No, sir. But he's prepared to live. Not here, but in eternity. Amen. The gospel of peace are our preparation. Amen. He said, I've passed from death unto life. I pray that just struck something. Watchmen, what of the night? Well, the scripture says the morning cometh in the night also. If you listen, read the scripture. So what can I do? Have I made preparation? If you have, we're going to be able to sing this song together. Because when you have made preparation, you can sing, it is well. It is well with my soul. That first verse, when peace like a river, you can only have peace like a river going through all the toils and all the snares and all the troubles and the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties and difficult home situations. It don't matter what it is because if you're prepared with this oil, you're a wise virgin. You could be like Brother Dow and said, Oh, that's all my desire. I want to measure up right to that. Then you can say, It is well. It is well with my soul. Let's sing that. You sing. You sing it like my lamp. It's trimmed and burning. There's oil. It's there. My flame is high. And Lord, it don't matter what the waters of this life do. When peace like a river attendeth my way. Man, let's stand and sing that. When peace like a river attended my way oh and so
complete peace in your soul I say tonight you do business with God if you can't sing but Lord tis for thee for thy coming we wait if you're saying oh Lord don't come yet I need time to prepare Hezekiah got that from the prophet he said you're going to die your time's up Hezekiah he said oh no no oh he repent he came down and said oh God I need time get your house in order is what God said I need time he said brother Bram says oh get oh Lord I need I don't got this in order I need this I need time He's all right. Prophet came back and said, I'll give you 15 more years. Why? He said, because repentance, repentance, he said, let God would linger. He lingered on Hezekiah because of that. If you can't sing, but Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. You talk to him tonight so that you don't wait any longer for you to be able to sing, it is well with my soul. Let's sing that last verse one more time. Oh, but Lord, sing it with all your heart. Oh, for I come, we wait. Oh, the sky. wonderful to be here with our dear sister Abigail and uh, my I'm sure the church would be fooled if we could all be here that wanted to be here to 
know that our sister Abigail and our brother Alex, sister Walkina and brother Gideon, the whole family's here tonight. Um, the Lord has been dealing with sister Abigail for a long time. Uh, we were speaking with the brothers even uh, before winter camp, sister Abigail, brother Michael and I had talked about this and brother Daniel about how we had saw the Lord back in February dealing in your heart. And then in March, uh, we seen the Lord continue to deal with Sister Abigail's life. And then in March, when the borders were shut down, and throughout all these months, when we've, we've kind of had to been afar, but we've observed the Holy Spirit just kept dealing with Abigail. We'd see her in the services and see her responding to the Lord Jesus. And then just last week when BCA started, the school started, and there was a, fam, a family assembly. The students were gathering. Sister Abigail's is there, lifting her hands, worshiping the Lord. I could say the Holy Spirit is still on Sister Abigail. Last Wednesday service, um, as the people were leaving and things, and we were just in the back um, waiting. Uh, Sister Abigail's brother left and her mother left. And Abigail came to the altar. All by herself. All by herself, Abigail, the Lord saw that, Sister Abigail. Amen. And we got the text the next day and we're so happy to be with her last Friday to know that Sister Abigail's desiring baptism. Isn't this wonderful? Tonight. When I was thinking of Sister Abigail, our bap- your baptism tonight. Third John chapter 1 verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And the very name of Abigail means the father's joy. And brother Alex was just giving us a testimony when uh, sister Walkina was expecting sister Abigail in the ultrasound. They were putting the ultrasound on sister Walkina and the baby was just jumping and so happy there and there was something in brother Alex and sister Joaquina's heart this child is going to be one of joy and to know that John said in the Bible I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth it's not just an event tonight that's just on a Wednesday night it's the Holy Spirit that is blessing sister Abigail and her family for all these years and to see that her walking in truth Now, Sister Abigail, I went back to the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 25 to the Abigail in the scripture. The Bible says Abigail was a woman of good understanding and of beautiful countenance. And Abigail acted in a good character, even though she was married to a husband and Nabal, who he was churlish in his nature. He was evil and hard and cruel. She was married to a husband that was difficult and intense and stubborn and stiff-necked. But Abigail had good understanding. She had good prudence. She had insight. This is the character of Abigail in the scripture. She had good sense and wise and gave attention to give peace. She was always one of harmony and did not want to cause trouble. But when Nabal died... Immediately, David took Abigail to be his wife because of her good character. And I I just want you to notice this because it has to do with the time we're living in now. That she became David's wife 
in a season of time that was very difficult. Some would say it was a bad time for David because he was experiencing a difficult struggle. He was like being a refugee, like a fugitive. He was wandering uh, throughout a wilderness time of his life. And so bringing it to now tonight for Abigail, in the scripture, Abigail's presence and her testimony in her life, which is what we heard about tonight. In the scripture, Abigail brought pleasure and joy and satisfaction before David even got to the throne. Abigail was someone that brought joy to David's heart. And even in his desert experience, the only thing David had to offer Abigail was a promise and an anointing that one day, one day, it's all going to be different. We're going to sit on the throne. And right up till today, 2020, today, this Abigail has received the promise of God and she's been born under the anointing of this message. She's been called to bring joy to the soon coming king. In this difficult time, and even in the time of global pandemic, when the Holy Spirit seems to be like a fugitive in the world, it's very scarce, he's coming to his throne. This is when this Abigail is going to bring joy to the heart of God We are literally seeing a miracle tonight of a young lady that has a desire for God. And last Wednesday night when Sister Abigail, I don't know if you saw it, Sister Joanne, all alone walked to this altar. She didn't need the crowd. She'd moved beyond just the mother, just beyond the school teacher, just beyond the father, just beyond just ministry all being around. And she came alone. That was her moment. When great joy bursted out in heaven. And may tonight's service be a smile of approval, even for our assembly. That in the time of fugitive, and it seems like David is on his way to the throne. Here in Abigail, the joy, the joy of the Father is being joined to Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thing? As we pray with her tonight, may this Abigail's life bring pleasure And bring fulfillment to Christ on the way to his throne. Amen. Hallelujah. Brings us great joy tonight, Sister Abigail. Amen. Let's all bow our heads together. Oh, Father, our great King, our great Christ that has come in this day, wooing hearts, wooing lives, Bringing your predestinated seed to their place. Here we stand in the water tonight with Sister Abigail. That for all these years she's been in the assembly. She's been in a wonderful family. She's been at the church school. She's been to the camps. But we've seen the Holy Spirit just wooing. Just cooing around Abigail's life. We've had a witness Even from afar, even in the last months that your Holy Spirit has never given up on Sister Abigail. Her heart has stayed soft and tender. And even in these last days, Lord, for her to make such a stand for you. May it bring you great joy and pleasure that one of your elected seeds, one of your teenagers in this day is giving her life to you. Lord, just thinking in the back room. Lord, we can baptize Sister Abigail with water. 
but only you can baptize her with the Holy Spirit. So may the dove of God and the one that's been dealing with her heart very deeply and very sacredly, may you bring joy to yourself by filling Sister Abigail as in the scriptures when they heard these things and they were pricked in their hearts. They said, what can we do? And they said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And tonight, Sister Abigail is here to be married to you, our lovely Lord Jesus. Bless her life. And may you feel her to overflowing, to be a great testimony to others in Jesus Christ's name. Sister Abigail, it's so wonderful to be identified with Jesus Christ. And as you've desired to be identified with him, may he fill you tonight and seal your life. As we baptize you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you, Sister Abigail. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a wonderful ending of a service. Yes, sir. Amen. As we close, I, I have a road down here. Some folks are building hopes down here and they're planning ahead. <laughs> so busy. With their fortunes, they forgot what Jesus said. Let's stand. We're going to sing as we go. We'll sing a verse and a chorus. Amen. Some folks are building hopes down here and planning ahead. They're so busy with their fortunes, they forgot what Jesus said. have a word of prayer and we dismiss Heavenly Father Lord I pray that is an anthem and a charge that's raised up in Lord the hearts of your people Lord that we can be at rest and at peace knowing that Lord I can firmly stand here and say yes Lord I'm in that number and I'm getting ready to leave Lord bless sister Abigail Lord who's committed her life Lord and gone to the waters of baptism saying Lord I'm showing 
that I've made a stand for you. Oh, dove, as Brother John prayed, would you baptize her, Lord, in your, with your Holy Spirit. May she be a little firebrand for you, oh God, a little stalwart one for you, Lord. Lord, as her namesake says, joy to those around you, joy to the body, we pray. Bless each one that's come tonight, Lord. It's pulled and labored and lingered here. May, Lord, they go home. I pray, Lord, their hearts burning. Lord, thanking you for coming and attending, Lord, as they you did on Emmaus. And, Lord, they could say our hearts did burn within us. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord, and this time we could have together in fellowship. Go with each one now. Go with each one at home as they would turn off the streaming. May, Lord, their hearts also be burned. Our hearts are with them, Lord. We love each one that's not present. In Jesus Christ's name, go with us. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful week. And Lord willing, we'll see some of you on the weekend. God bless you.